Welcome to the Gem Revealed podcast, where together we discover your soulmate. This is a weekly series of powerful conversations with expert speakers, thought leaders, and relationship coaches talking through the victories and villains that weave their way into our most significant relationships. Please join me, Janine Moniz, founder of Gem Revealed Matchmaking, to learn the raw truth regarding the pitfalls and plateaus of dating in today's society. We will have open and transparent conversations surrounding the staggering facts that one out of every two marriages fail. Let's stop this insanity and learn how to date smarter. Learn how a healthy relationship starts with you. What do you need to do differently to build the right foundation for your relationship? Hello, listeners. Welcome to Gem Revealed, Self-Mastery to Soulmate. My name is Janine Moniz. I am the founder of Gem Revealed, and I am so excited today to bring you another podcast. I have an incredible guest today that I am so excited to introduce you to you. Not only is she uh, an amazing guest, but she's also um, a, an incredible friend of mine and an incredible coach to me. But before we get there, I just want to remind everybody what is Gem Revealed, self-mastery to soulmate. We are an organization, a premier organization that really wants to walk alongside of each of you and help create your best self journey, all in effort to create healthy relationships. Today, one out of every two marriages fail, and this is unacceptable. This is just heartbreaking and um, creates so much damage in our community and heartbreak in our community. And we want to walk alongside of people that are walking into relationships for all the wrong reasons and really turn those limiting beliefs around and help them create a fulfilling life and have a toolbox for um, communication skills and so many other things that are really going to help them have a, a romantic life, a marriage, a relationship, a dating life that looks entirely different than what is the majority today. So with that, I am excited to jump into our podcast. I have to introduce uh, the guest. Her name is Lisa Steiner. She has been an amazing um, friend to me. She's been a role model. And more so, um, she, uh, without, I've never said this to her before, but she's really one of the voices that uh, have been a coach to me that allowed this company even to exist. You know, this was something that was in my heart and it was a little far reaching, uh, but just through her own coaching and helping me really work through my own limiting beliefs, my own insecurities, she was able to, to walk alongside of me and help bring out something that I had been dreaming about. So uh, without further ado, I would say, Lisa, thank you. And I'd like to introduce Lisa, Dr. Lisa Steiner of Wellsprings Coaching and Counseling to our podcast. First, Lisa, how are you? Great, Janine, thank you so much. First of all, I really appreciate your kind words up front. And I appreciate you giving me a, a time to be able to have this uh, podcast with you. Well, the first thing I would do, I'd love you to share a little bit about your role within Wellsprings. But then um, on the heels of that, Lisa, I'm on the, you know, in the beginning of, you know, trying to walk alongside of people as they formulate relationships. And maybe if they're in that dating space and try to create um, dating wiser consulting. So I feel like I'm, I'm in the forefront of this, but um bittersweet, fortunate, unfortunate, you're on the other side. You're the one who's actually catching the downfall 
of relationships got bad. You're the one who's really putting back together the broken pieces and, and trying to mend hearts. So as you share what you do at, um, at Wellsprings, you know, talk to us again about what you're seeing today in today's society and what, what's coming at you through your doors at Wellsprings. Okay, well, just to explain my role at Wellspring, so I'm the leader of the organization, which includes a counseling center where I have over 20 licensed counselors on staff, and we have five locations in the New York and New Jersey area. Additionally, I lead Wellspring's coaching services, and I have certified coaches who work for me, and we are in the process of launching Wellspring's education to provide different psychoeducation about relationships, about um, self-improvement uh, as well. And so what I'm seeing out there uh, is that unfortunately, a lot of relationships are failing. Janine, I know you mentioned up front the statistic of one in two marriages fail. And unfortunately, even for the second time around, the number is higher. So if somebody's coming off of a divorce and they remarry, the number is even higher. So there's clearly some things that these individuals can do to work on themselves between relationships and even during relationships uh, to one, get themselves ready for a relationship or two, try to work through the solvable or resolvable issues to bring them, the couple to better satisfaction. So what, um, when you say that, you're talking about, you know, some of these solutions and do some of the th these things to safeguard, you know, what is it that you're sharing with, um, what do you, what, how are you helping solve, but maybe even more so before we get to solving, what is some of the, like the, the things that are obvious that are the, the trends, what are the habits, what's going on out there that's actually dissolving these marriages and relationships? Okay, well first, the first important piece is picking a partner who is going to be one that complements or supplements who you are. I have seen, unfortunately, many men or women choose somebody to try what they call complete them versus complement or supplement them. Oh, that's and a great point. type of scenario of looking for someone to complete, it means that the individual is not feeling like a complete person themselves. And I love this analogy I once read many years ago in a book by Miles Monroe. It's called Single, Separated, Married, and Life After Divorce. And he gives this great analogy of an omelet and two eggs. And he says that when two eggs come together, if one of the eggs has some rottenness in it, the whole omelet goes rotten. So I see one of the biggest pieces, if somebody's looking for somebody to complete them, um, and not just compliment or embellish them, that mindset is problematic. And it would be good and wise for them to work on to become their best self so that when they choose a partner, they have the better vision in mind of, of who they're looking for. You know, um, I obviously see a lot of the same. You know, I see women and men, you know, more so I'm working with women when it comes to the coaching aspect of, you know, they're going into these relationships all for the wrong reasons through insecurities, um, you know, fear of being alone. They don't want to be alone. So they just take, you know, whatever person is out there that's willing to, you know, spend time with them. So I, I know that's what I'm seeing. What, what are some of the, what are some of the things that, that are going through 
you know, men and women's minds when they're out there looking for these relationships and wind up, you know, in these havoc situations and turmoil. Okay. Well, one I mentioned, so they have to be careful when they go to pick. So the first piece is, you know, working on self, but then, you know, when they enter the relationship to slow down, I've seen too many relationships where they jump in too quickly. And if you look at what research supports in relationships, there's an author I might mention a few times. His name is uh, Dr. John Gottman. He and his wife, who's also a doctor, Dr. Julie Gottman, have coordinated a lot of healthy relationship material. And so one of their best books, or uh, John Gottman's book, is Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And what I love about the book is in chapters one, two, and maybe three, he first starts off with the warning signs of divorce. So some might think, why are you going to start a marriage book off with warning signs of divorce? And I think it's to expose what are the potential gotchas that you'd want to work on. And then the chapters after it bring you into seven principles for, for helping the relationship work, like have a shared vision. One of the biggest things he says that he can predict with almost like 95, 96% uh, you know, likelihood of a relationship failing is their interpersonal skills. And he talks about six warning signs with it. And one of the, the warning signs, he calls it the four horsemen. I've heard some people call it the four train wrecks, which <laughs> talks about how the couple interacts with each other. And so what I think would be good, and, and I often with couples, I bring them to this resource. I encourage them to get it, uh, or I'll discuss some of the different principles, is I want them to read those first couple chapters looking at self, not the other. It's so easy to find the issue with the other person versus working on self first. There's a saying in counseling, we say that we could either pick somebody like an unhealthy relationship, like, like a parent role, we could project onto them or we could provoke it. And I think that these principles, especially the, the what he calls the four horsemen are really insightful for the individual to work on on themselves to stop reducing those type of negative interactions. No, that's a great resource. I know that, you know, you and I have talked about that book. We've actually held seminars uh, within, you know, that using that book as an underlying resource. So um, if you were to say that that book is a big resource, um, is it just for the married people out there? What what guidance would you give for people who are just dating? Okay. So whether it's a dating relationship or a legally committed relationship through a marriage, all of us are looking for others to connect with in positive ways. So learning some of the principles would be so important for even the dating individual because you wanna start looking for these warning signs. So I mentioned I've often seen couples jump in so quickly and usually one of the areas I see them jump in so quickly in a relationship has to do with their hormones, with sexuality. And once the hormones kick in, you lose sight of what's happening in the interpersonal arena. And then all of a sudden you wake up someday and you say, oh my, who have I married? Who have I committed myself to? Even if it's not a legal marriage, you still are connecting your heart with this other person's heart. So it would be very important to work on those pieces now, even in a dating relationship, because whether a breakup is because of a marriage or the breakup is because of a, a long-term dating relationship, the grieving pain is real. We go through different grieving, even if it's the person who initiated the breakup versus the person who was the recipient of the breakup. There's still so much pain 
And so it would be important to understand those principles up front before going into it. And so what happens is some of the warning signs in this book could alert uh, the individual to say, wow, how does my partner walk in that? How do I walk in it? And maybe I'm teasing the audience a little bit by not mentioning, like I called it, the four train wrecks or the four horsemen. I'm just going to briefly introduce them so that the audience knows what I'm talking about. So number one, he talks about be careful of criticism. So if you criticize somebody versus maybe complain about a small situation, like there would be a complaint is, I like to say, a brick in a wall. A criticism is taking the whole wall and pushing it on the person. So an example would be your significant other, you've just made a meal for and they arrive late. And what the person, what the partner says to them is, you're always late. That is criticism versus saying, honey, I created this nice meal for you. I feel a little bit bothered that you came late for this incident, keeping it to the complaint versus the overall criticism of pouring everything on you. So that's big. Yeah, what often goes hand in hand and what is defensiveness. When we are defensive, we think, yeah, we're protecting self. So defensiveness is to protect self. But when you're dealing with one other person and you're defensive, in effect, you're indirectly, subtly saying to them, it's your fault, not mine. And we've all heard, or many of us have heard the saying, like when you point your finger, you want to be careful because you have several fingers pointed back at yourself. And so be careful because the, somebody who gets very defensive, and I see criticism and defensiveness often go hand in hand. So those are the first two. The next two, the one he says is the most deadly, is contemptuousness. And that's like a deep disrespect. That could be including even name calling, really attacking the person, attacking their personhood, and really, you know, a lot, a lot of contempt. Now, I, I hate to say it from a gender standpoint, Often the one who seems to be coming across more contemptuous, not always, but we as women have to watch out because we could default to that mode of coming across very contemptuously. And then we see the fourth horseman kick in often, which is stonewalling. Research supports that more men stonewall than women. They shut down. They learn at a young age that physiologically they get too keyed up. I believe it might be because growing up, maybe with a mom who's a little more emotional than a man might be. Uh, as a result of that, they learn at a young age to shut down to stonewall. But when you stonewall, you're, it's a defensive mechanism to protect self, but you're shutting down the whole relationship. So those would be four key principles I would be having the individuals look at self on. Where are you with those things? What does your, your partner commonly do? And how do you navigate through it in a way that ultimately we want healthy connection? But I've often seen couples would rather hostily connect and not connect at all. And that's not healthy. To be alone, because they don't want to be alone. Yes. Right. So I, I'm also hearing that this book is not only just for dating. It's not just for married relationships or dating. It's actually for anybody who's single as well to really learn some of these techniques that could really help them have the insight and the eyesight to move forward. Right. And I would even say it's for business relationships too. It's for all relationships. It's for relationships I've seen with my kids as well to understand these principles and in what, again, I mentioned, he says with 95% plus predictability, you could see if a relationship's not gonna long-term survive. So whether that relationship is a dating relationship, a marriage, or even within family or in business relationships, there's really key principles to 
to be aware of, to use it for more self-examine. And then also when you're dating, keep both eyes wide open. And then when you're married, one eye shut. So, oh, I love that. I've never heard that. Yes, both eyes wide open. incredible. Yeah. And so lots of times I see individuals, they are, you know, they're feeling love and especially been working with premarital couples and it's like, oh, everything's great. And I'm solely trying to point out some potential obstacles for them. And they're just so in love and they can't wait to get married. And then the reality sets in. So I think it's really important. Keep both eyes wide, wide open and then one eye shut when and when married. And the reason I say one eye shut when married is because at that point you've made a, a long-term commitment and uh, you have to let the small things kind of roll off your back and really, you know, keep to the main thing. Don't sweat the small stuff. No, and no one's perfect. You're not going to choose a perfect partner. You're not perfect or not perfect. And that's what I often see individuals do. They're looking for somebody to complete them, to be the perfect side of them. They think they're going to meet this soulmate and they don't realize it takes work. It does take work. May I go back to um, a, a, a topic that's somewhat taboo that you brought up and I'm glad you brought it up, but we glazed through it rather quickly. You know, uh, I think we see often, especially in today's society, there's no, there's no framework. There's very little um, integrity inside of this whole dating relationships. And we, we know that because the data tells us that, but you shared in um, jumping in too quickly. One of the reasons is that there is, um, you know, they just jump right into an intimate relationship and then there's, a, you know, hormones and sexuality from what you can see. What, um, what happens in, in, like, why is that so horrific or what does it do to really uh, hurt and hinder a, a healthy relationship? Okay, I'll start from a couple of, you know, two or three components. So the first one I want to start with, I mentioned hormones versus once hormones kick in, um, it's hard to see clearly, you know, um, and so to see clearly what are the concerns, it's hard to keep both eyes wide open when the hormones kick in. So that's the first concern to say, I want you to focus on the interpersonal dynamics. I want you to be familiar with what John Gottman talks about. If he could predict the failing of a relationship with 95, 96%, and it's based on these warning signs, these six warning signs of which the four horsemen are a piece of it, you know, that is gonna be important. Number two is there's a really good book called His Needs, Her Needs. It's by Dr. Uh, Willard Harley. And in that book, he lists 10 different emotional, relational type of needs that somebody would have in a significant you know, marital relationship. And in there, he talks about, he, he lists sexual fulfillment as one of the 10 that somebody might choose as the individual. Uh, there's, other, there's other things like affection, intimate conversations, recreational companionship, financial support, family support. There's a questionnaire, if you do a Google search on his need, her needs, emotional questionnaire, It'll pull up the emotional questionnaire for free and you could read the, the 10 items. But research supports predominantly, now it is shifting, is that most of men's top number one need is sexual fulfillment. Most women's number one need is the affection. So what happens is I've seen many times the, the, the woman is like, well, I'm gonna keep him through giving him sex in the dating relationship but she doesn't allow the time to work on the affection and that interpersonal piece. Now, it's not always like that. I've seen the reverse as well. 
So just going at what's common, what research supports, I would say be careful with it. The third component I'll mention, there's a book called Hooked, which is really good. It talks about the physiological chemicals, what's happening when you have sex with another. You get hooked to that person with your, in your brain. Your brain chemicals actually get hooked. So think about the inevitable breakup. Why is there so much pain? When sex is involved, the pain is deeper. When it's just the interpersonal, the time spent together, it's different. But when it's the sex piece of it, and I think that this book, the book Cooked, gives a lot of clarity behind that because there is this physiological piece that goes on. Now, what happens after a while if somebody's had sex with multiple partners? They're giving away fragmented pieces of their heart and soul. And so it's going to be hard then to pull it all back together. And then what they're going to be looking for in a committed relationship is this high intensity sexuality that often comes in a in a premarital relationship because it's it's to you know connect the partner and then they get married and they feel like oh this is so dull because it's actually a different there, there's often a different type of sexuality that is the glue that keeps the marriage together so I would look at those resources that's just my view I never impose my view on anybody um, I might expose it I might expose based on what research says but I want their, your audience to be educated and to look at these resources and make your own decision. Yeah, that, that's a that's a really big topic. I'm sure we could spend you know another hour just on that topic, but it is important, and uh, I'm going to make sure that I list some of these resources and um, when we when we post this because I think they're really important important pieces to building a healthy best self and healthy relationships. So I'm thanking you for all this great information. So I've also shared, you know, as I am out and working alongside of many people, there's things where I feel really comfortable in that gem reveal toolbox is creating that best self journey, making sure that you have the right interpersonal skills and you're building a fulfilling life that lets you feel abundant, that you're bringing your best self into a relationship and you know how to handle a relationship. You know how to communicate, that you're not communicating from from that that insecurity or those limiting beliefs and that really ultimately can destroy the relationship but there are things out there like what you're talking about that I would not be able to really feel justified or qualified to work alongside of them and that's why I'm so glad that you and I have this incredible partnership um so what I would share with you is as um as I move forward, what would you share with my, uh, with our listeners on how you really could be available um, for some of the things that are out there that are prevalent today? How would we be able to partner? What can you offer the audience that, um, you know, we know I'm a great coach. I'm a coach. I'm going to get you your best self. I'll find you the soulmate. I'll help you build a great relationship. But if you're really struggling, if you're hurting, Lisa, how is it that you can walk alongside of our, our listeners? Right, right. And so Janine, by mentioning like even the coaching piece versus counseling, I want your audience to think about a continuum of a line. And so let's say the line goes from minus 10 to plus 10 and the middle is zero. And so typically with coaching, I like to say the middle point is someone who's stable and the plus, plus 10 is somebody who's optimal. While on the counseling side, let's say zero is stable, the minus 10 is dysfunctional. And it might not just be dysfunctional relationships, it could be dysfunctional in your finances, in your career, in other areas as well. So the goal of counseling is to uncover some of these dysfunctional areas. It could be, for example, 
you know, a mental, a mental illness specifically, like somebody's depressed or has anxiety or panic attacks. So that would be an area we would work in depth. But usually behind that anxiety, there's some triggers and we would try to uncover what those are. So within the individual themselves, it would be working on uh, if there is a mental uh, health concern or there's a dysfunctionality in that person's life. Uh, and then your coaching tools, you could even take somebody who's a little bit, you know, not quite a little bit dysfunction and take them to best sell, so the optimal. Um, and the counseling can take somebody above the stable to a little bit closer to optimal, but really those are the two ends of the spectrum. So where is counseling needed? I mentioned for the individual, whether it's like depression, anxiety, uh, learning how to set boundaries, interpersonal skills, uh, maybe healing from where do we learn those interpersonal skills, our first experiences in our childhood, and it's usually from our parents or our siblings. And so maybe there needs to be, there's some unresolved family of origin concerns that need to be worked through and resolved. Or the person comes to us and has had a failed relationship, divorce recovery. Uh, I mentioned to you Wellsprings Education. As a part of Wellsprings Education, I'll be providing education like on divorce recovery, on grief recovery, or somebody might need the interaction with a counselor to work through that. What are the stages of grief? How do I navigate through it? What are some good resources to work through that? What about if I have an ex-spouse and we had kids together and I have to deal with interacting with that ex-spouse? Uh, I need to know how do I deal with a toxic ex-spouse? So when you work on your best self, that's a little bit different than working on some of those other areas. Now, there are compliments in those two. Um, but that would be how I would initially delineate it for your listening audience. Excellent. You know, it, to really bolster this and, and to hit home on how important, how important it is, is to be prepared, to do the homework up front, to become the best version of yourself. What I would say to this to really make sure that there's an emphasis is, I'm sure within your own practice, how is this affecting um, the family unit? How is it affecting our children? Right. So what happens is when children are coming from a broken home, a broken unit, we find them because the parent, there's a, there's a really good parenting book. I know I'm mentioning a few resources, um, which all of a sudden the title escapes me, but I'm sure I'll remember in a minute. But it actually talks about 12 different types of parents. And it's interesting because in school, you know, during my master's or my PhD, you know, we commonly hear about four different types. And the four different types would be uh, authoritarian parent, authoritarian. So authoritarian would be a very demanding parent. There's a permissive parent who is all, you know, permit what's going on. There's the one who finds the good mix and the good mix is of having firmness and also <clears throat> having enough empathy and love. And then there's an uninvolved parent. But what was so, the book is called Running on Empty. And it talks about eight other types. And some of them are like the you know, the parent who you're dealing with a parent who has depression themselves, so they're so focused on themselves, or the parent who has a special needs child outside of the client. Um, and so what starts to happen, because our time is limited and we're in a society where we mostly need double income and we have both parents working, what happens is these, and there's so much social media and there's so much connecting happening to strangers out on social media or to the peer group at a younger age, what happens is a lots of times these kids to some degree are a little bit raising themselves in some areas of their life while in the past where we have two parents who could focus and coordinate together in a healthy way, there's four eyes on them instead of maybe four distracted eyes or two distracted eyes on them. And so what starts to happen is I see 
kids coming into our center that I use the analogy as parents, I like to say, we're supposed to launch our kids off into adulthood. We're supposed to shoot them out like an arrow, right? That would be a parent who wants to shoot your child further. I mean, that's a really daunting thing to say that's our responsibility as a parent to successfully launch our kids into adulthood. Unfortunately, when the parent themselves or the parents are not you know, launch themselves from their prior generation, they're stuck in the mud, their kids come in stuck in the mud. So I often see adolescents coming in, they're stuck in the mud. And then when we work with the parents, because there is unfortunately inept parenting going on, not intentionally. That's why I like the book Running on Empty. It explains the different types and it talks about maybe where we had neglects or emotional wounds from our own parents. And it really gives some good ways of how to connect with a child. But often when the child's stuck in the mud and the adult is stuck, the parents are stuck in the mud. As the counselors, we're like trying to pull the, the adolescent out or the child, we're trying to pull the parents out and help you launch everybody. And that's what I'm seeing is very common. And it's, it's unfortunate, but that's where we're at. That is unfortunate. It, it's very unfortunate. And that's really why I wanted to, to share it, not to shame anybody or put anybody into guilt, but really just to talk about more how important it is for us to take a look in the mirror and take ownership of ourselves and stop passing blame, stop looking at other people and look in the mirror and say, do I have a growth mindset? Am I willing to put myself first and create that fulfilling life and make sure that I am the one responsible to make sure that this relationship can launch to its best self and knowing that how it's going to affect our families and our children. Um, so you gave out so many resources, um, gave out an incredible amount of information and uh, allowing yourself also to be an, an open resource for people. As we wrap up, and I would ask you this, this one final question, and, and you definitely shared in the beginning um, something that said, you know, make sure that when you're choosing a mate, that you're, you're choosing somebody who's really aligned to your core values, your purpose, that they're actually, it, it's not just, uh, um, it, it's somebody who should actually bring out the best in you. But as we take that piece, is there any other guidance, knowing what you see every day, the wreckage, I would say, the, the true havoc that's being um, created out in our, our culture today, is there anything that you tell both men and women? Is there any like a thought, a, a guidance, an insight, a pearl of wisdom. I call them daily gems. Is there anything that you would pass to our listeners to say, hey, listen, open your eyes and here's, here's that piece of wisdom outside of the book and choose that right person? Right. So one, best self that we talked about. Number two would be take it slow in the dating relationship so you can keep your eyes wide open. And I encourage uh, couples to go through all four seasons. I know that they want to try and jump into a marriage or a committed relationship maybe too quickly. And so that would be the second piece. And then third, working on your own interpersonal skills, learning how to be assertive in situations, learning how to learn to get your needs met, but not at the other person's expense, learning how to shoot for the win-wins, collaborating with the partner for win-wins. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. I know that you're giving out an incredible amount of wisdom. How would people get in touch with you? Now, I know that we'll make sure that we um, push it out there and have your contact information, but um, verbally, how would people get in touch with you? Okay, so the easiest way is our website is www.wellsprings, with the S on the end, so W-E-L-L-S-P-R-I-N-G-S dot O-R-G. 
And then from there, you'll see the counseling resources, you'll see the coaching resources, you'll have to see different events we might have. From there, you can you know, click on a link to go ahead and begin the onboarding process to try and connect with a counselor or a coach. Great. Great. And just want to mention, we are offering teletherapy right now. Um, in addition, and for teletherapy, I have counselors who are licensed in New York and New Jersey. Um, and so we are using a Google Meet or something like a Zoom type tool to do that as well. So, and on a coaching standpoint, we can attract anybody uh, in the US. The reason I mentioned that with counseling where it's a licensed field, we are licensed in New York and New Jersey. So those are the two states that we would limit it to. On the coaching side, it could be you know, any of the 50 states or even international as well. Great, one point of clarity is because this, this call was very specific to um, you know, marriage and, uh, you know, in that type of uh, guidance and counseling and coaching. But would you uh, share with our audience, what is the specialty? What is it that you coach and counsel? So that way they, people know, you know, what are some other ways and uh, reasons that they would contact you? Right. Right. From a counseling standpoint, so I'm the leader of over 20 licensed counselors and then over several certified coaches. And so I have counselors who specialize working with little kids, even in play therapy. I have ones that they love to work with adolescents and their parents. I have others that just want to focus on men's issues or women's issues, or they want to focus on grief recovery. Um, they want to focus on infertility. They want to focus on maybe somebody dealing with a substance issue. Um, so, and, and then others who specialize more in couples work. So our bios are out there. If you go to our website, wellsprings.org, you'll see the staff and all their bios and can see different niches. If you contact Wellsprings, I have a whole team of new client coordinators who work with the person to see what their availability is, what the presenting needs are, uh, what their finances are. We work with insurance as much as possible, and then to connect them with either a counselor or a coach. Thank you so much, Lisa. As I would say in my parting words, I would just want to look you in the eye and say thank you because um, so much of our relationship has to do with me sitting here and being help, able to help others. So you have so much of my gratitude and my love because you have been a phenomenal coach to me and, and an amazing friend. So uh, as listeners, as we conclude, I'm just hoping that you take a lot of these resources. If you're in, in that need, that you know that you need some help and it's not from coaching, which is somebody who really walks alongside of you and pull out your best self, but you really need somebody to help heal some of that past pain, I would highly, highly uh, suggest and encourage you to reach out to Lisa. Lisa, thank you again. I hope you have an incredible day and thank you listeners for allowing us to walk alongside of you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Gem Revealed's podcast, Discover Your Soulmate. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. We really value your opinion, so please feel free to send us your question, comments, or feedback. You can email us at info at gemrevealed.com. You can also find out more about Gem Revealed services by visiting gemrevealed.com. I'll see you next time as we discover your soulmate.